Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Jeremy Shaw alongside me, John Hindorf in the booth. Down in the pit lane, Shay Adam and Nick Damon. Let's uh, head down to the pit lane now and say good afternoon to Shay Adam. Good afternoon, Shay. Good afternoon, John. And just to confuse you, I am on pack two. For yeah, I saw session. that. No, yep. I, I got you faded <laughs> up. I saw that. Uh, well, I am standing down by one of the fan favorite race cars who has returned to this level of competition because for the last few races, AO Racing has been using Roxy, but now back once again this weekend is Rexy. And uh, this dinosaur has had a lot of success uh, as far as her, well, the sister's been concerned, but for Rexy, there's quite a bit left to do. Sepreo and Gunner Jeanette are up on the uh, top shelf here. Let me see if I can climb up this semi-steep ladder, so just bear with me as I try not to fall. Um, but that's okay, because we want to have a chat with Gunner. Hey, my friend, welcome back to Petit Le Mans. You know how to win this race. Seb didn't do a bad job last year, so uh, how are you guys going to get Roxy, uh, Rexy his first win? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think it, for anybody to win, it's going to be uh, getting through the mayhem that is probably going to be the majority of this race. 52 cars around here is always asking a lot, um, especially with the overall competitiveness of the field. So, um, so yeah, we're just going to keep our little dinosaur running around the track, and uh, hopefully that equates to, to having you know, four corners on it, all the wings, splitters, and dive planes for the last two hours of the race so we can fight for something. Now, every week, you guys are in the Bronze Cup, in effect, because of having a bronze driver in the car. There is a trophy for being the best finishing bronze car, but do you guys even think about that when it comes to these endurance races? No. No. We, we don't want to be the kids at T-Ball that, that get a, a different trophy than the winners of the race. So, PJ is one of the most competitive people that I know, and uh, yeah, that's not a consolation prize for us. I love that. Uh, you guys were at Rensport last weekend having fun in some old Porsches. How satisfying is it to climb back into the new one again? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy because, honestly, I, I enjoy driving 962s and 935s and 917s way more than the modern stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Rensport Ren was absolutely amazing, um, you know, to see the, the cars but also the people there to bring back the, the 930, the Andile 935 that, that won Daytona and that we started the season with fully restored and to see Alwyn and, and Dieter's reaction to the car and to see it spitting flames out the, uh, the entire time was fantastic. But, um, but, yeah, still love driving the new stuff, and, and I always love being at, at Road Atlanta. Uh, I would consider this my home racetrack with the amount of time I, I spent with Panos. So, um, so, yeah, I'm thrilled. Well, and also it's Amanda's home racetrack, so that, that plays into it too, uh, Amanda, his wife. But this place is so cool to get to come to. I can't disagree with you for loving driving the older cars as well, but having AC and I'm sure uh, maybe even a cool suit at some point during the race makes a difference. The announcement just came out for next year, talking about a car in GTD Pro and a car in LMP2. That's an exciting future for AO. Are we going to see some more cool liveries? Um, I I'm going to hold my tongue on that one. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're working on lots of stuff. 
I mean, it's, um, you know, we were a new team this year to, to jump immediately into a, a prototype category and a GTD Pro category is a massive amount of work. Um, but it, at the same time, it, it's only possible because of the, the fantastic caliber of people that we have here and, and the experience that everyone brings. I mean, our, our results haven't been exactly of what we've all wanted this year, but the, the team has run amazing, and I couldn't be more proud of, of the people and organization that we put together here. So looking forward to next year. It'll be good to have you back in a prototype. Hopefully we get to see that. Thanks, Gunnar. No, I'm uh, I'm gonna be sitting up on uh, on the pit pit timing stand a little bit more next year. Sorry to hear that, but hey, enjoy this weekend. Good luck getting another petite win. Yep, thanks guys, appreciate it. And as you can tell, the green flag is out. The engines have fired, and cars have rolled off the pit lane. This is that weird session where the non-pro cars go out first. So GTD Pro and the GTP cars not getting to go out until 15 minutes has expired from this session. But then they'll get an extra 15 minutes on the tail end. Well, they'll be out there by themselves, and that's when they tend to do mock quality runs. Shit, Adam, down in the pit lane. We'll hear from Nick Damon in a moment or two's time. Jeremy Shaw, as I mentioned, is alongside me as this session gets underway. I've, I've always liked this concept, Jeremy, of, uh, of giving the non-pro drivers a bit of time at the beginning of the, uh, of the session to get them confidence, maybe to put a, a newer set of tyres, maybe even run with a bit lighter fuel load, just to to find what their their individual skill level is and to also to find where the car is at this time of the week. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's still, even though there's no uh, pro cars out there, there's still the NMP2s, which is pretty darn quick. And uh, as we saw this morning, they're only a, a second or two off the GTP cars, but a lot fewer cars on track. That's the, that's the biggest factor, I think, for these drivers right now. And you're right, an opportunity to go out and do a maybe three or four or five or six laps without having to look in look uh, be permanently glued to your mirrors finding out which which car is coming past you so uh, it's a great opportunity for the non-pro drivers and they will all of them take advantage of that during this first 15 minutes and uh, the converse to of course the final 15 minutes which is it was the, just the pro cars so the uh, gtps and the gtd uh, pro will be the only two classes of car out on track for the final 15 minutes of this session. Yeah, and that's when we would expect to see some qualifying runs from those cars. I cannot wait to see the GTPs flat out here uh, and in advance of them being out in their own session, which is a slightly longer session for qualifying because they, they are the only category that is allowed to be tinkered with during qualifying for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And they can use a second set of tyres as well. Uh, so that comes up a little bit later in this session. Then we'll have qualifying for you. If you've got friends, if you're here at the circuit uh, listening on 98.1 Road Atlanta FM, you've got friends who aren't here, maybe still working this Thursday afternoon or early evening in Europe is a little bit of a slide at turn six there, Jeremy, for one of the P2 cars. Yeah, that was uh, that was fairly close, wasn't it? A, uh, a big slide there. And that was... The LMP3s. That was LMP3, was it? So that will have been... Oh, it's the 
new colourway, isn't it, for the uh, sixth place LMP3, uh, which was. Was that the performance? Was it the performance tech car? Yes, it was the 38 performance tech car. Uh, and they want to put the Powerball on because they were so close. Um, just before we go down to Nick Damon, uh, just a reminder, if you have got friends away from the track, uh, we have live, free, uninterrupted coverage of qualifying. There's no subscription, no sign-on. If you go to imsa.tv or to imsaradio.com and hit the live video, whether you're here in the US or further afield, it's our last live free qualifying session of the season and no interruptions there either we'll have that for you coming up later on this afternoon meantime tracking down Renger van der Zander is Nick Damon Renger um, well it was good this morning Sebastian was the fastest so it's hit the ground running yeah it's going well I mean um, you know the biggest trouble on the on the GTP class is the tyre warm up and I think this time we have we don't have the hardest compound tire, and I think it's helping a lot. But still, we're crawling around the S's, and it's getting kind of like uh, silly in a way that we're trying to avoid crashing here on the out on the outlaps. But um, once they get going, I think this is a tire that suits us a bit better than we had before. And um, um, yeah, I think uh, you know, Road Atlanta, one of the best tracks in the world. You know, Petit Le Mans, one of the best races in the world, and it's bigger bigger grids than ever so it's going to be busy out there um super challenging and at the same time i'm loving it so at what point on the track or was it, is it like turn 10 turn 9 before you start to fill you got hitting the tires or is it as early as turn 6 7 yeah i think in 6 or 7 you kind of feel a bit of grip coming and then uh, you know when you go down the straight we're going close to or over 300 kilometers an hour and that generates a lot of heat into the tire and then from there on it starts to be okay but you know because of the low pressures you're also uh, bottoming out in the last corner quite a bit because there's so much compression so you have to really take care and not go off in that last corner because it's a fast one when this course, it comes into a, an ongoing discussion within a lot of parts of motorsport about whether it's, you know, about tyre warmers and tyre blankets I mean, as, a, as a, you know, a professional top line driver where do you stand? Would you rather see everything in a blanket? No, no, I think it's great to not have the blankings I think, uh, you know um, we have heavy cars, that's why we have such a high, hard sidewall in this tyre and I think that makes it very difficult, so I think there should be different solutions to make it work. Um, you know, how stiffer, how longer the tyre can go, but uh, softer, the, 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 the less long they go, but it makes the racing interesting as well. I think the tyre blankets should stay away, I think we should uh, find different solutions to make those tyre warm-ups better, but it's, uh, you know, it's the outlaps where you can really make a difference as a driver and uh, find, find, you know, time to your competitors so I'd, I like without uh, the tyre blankets for sure Is it purely temperature or will the fact when the track rubbers up because obviously this morning it was washed clean that, does that do anything extra rubber or is it just about temperature? Yeah these tyres are designed to fit in a certain window of temperature so if it's uh, the soft hot the soft cold and the medium tyre that's how they call it at Michelin so uh, you know Michelin always brings the best tyres but sh for sure we have to tweak it a bit towards the future and bring the right tyre to the right track for the right temperature We've had an epic year um, of LMDH competition here in uh, IMSA. I mean, I was here for the first race in Daytona, but all the cars of... Good boy, GTP. It's not LMDH. I do apologise. GTP. Uh, it's working multiple series. Um, how much do you feel that the class has already moved on in just, what, eight, nine months? Yeah, you know, in the beginning we saw a lot of GTPs just in the garage working on uh, all kinds of electronical gremlins and all that, but, you know... Now the team's got grips of the of the technology and uh, we're running without any trouble a lot. So 
That's really nice to see. I think that that was the biggest challenge to get grips of the new technology and make sure these tires are or these um, these cars are running in a proper way. But you know, it's such a such a nice time to be in a prototype, and I'm I'm enjoying the you know the the, the interest in GTP is uh, massive, and also in in IMSA in general. So uh, you know, this is my home for racing, and uh, I like to stay here for a lot, bit longer. And it's the right place in the GTP class right now. So thank you. Thanks. Do you know what? That's mega. Uh, good questions from uh, Nick. Uh, and also honest answers, not just a, an opinion from Renge van der Zander, but a technical description uh, of uh, why he feels uh, we need to steer the way we are. Shit, Adam is a little bit further down the pit lane. Down at Aero Motorsport because I wanted to jump in and have a conversation with Ryan Dial. He was so fast this morning in the first practice session. Uh, it almost seemed as if he forgot he was in an LMP2 car. Hey, Ryan. You, you were so fast this morning. What was the secret to the speed for the 18 Aero Motorsport Mobile? First I heard I was fast. You should tell these guys that. <laughs> uh, no, we, we obviously have a good car. Um, we've been fast, um, seems like, all year. Just not, not one of those years that seemed to have gone our way so far. Uh, so it's uh, going to be tough. Like, the traffic is, I mean, it's like a broken record. We all say it, but uh, definitely the toughest I can remember doing here. So it'll be... Uh, Probably just trying to stay out of trouble and not do anything too dumb. Is it going to be a situation where maybe you don't leave Dwight in for a long period of time at the beginning of the race because there is so much carnage expected? You want a driver in there who perhaps knows how to avoid it. Yeah, there's so many ways to look at it. You know, you can try and uh, use up your driver time on your bronze early or you try and keep them fresh and spread out a little more. Um, you know, I think typically you'll see most uh, the bronze drivers will try and double straight off the bat, maybe even triple, try and get the drive time done. Uh, it kind of a little bit depends on yellows uh, and temperature. So um, we haven't got that far yet. Let's, we're trying to get through it today and then see where we qualify, what kind of race pace we have. Well, a year ago, you brought this young man standing next to me, Christmas Rasmussen, into the team. Now you bring him back into the team, but he's an Indy NXT champion. Is he still the same kid? No, his head is inflated massively now, and uh, we're going to try and humble pie him again this weekend. But now nah, he's been awesome for us, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, he gets that next step for next year in IndyCar. But uh, he, he's been a huge asset to us, and to be honest, uh, a big help for me coming in and teaching the old dogs some new tricks so it's good to have somebody that can, can push me every weekend and so uh we've we've been had enjoyed having them so we'll see what happens you guys coming back next year uh we're on the entry list so that's a good start but yeah i believe so excellent well good luck here this weekend because you win this race every five years and it's been five years so uh hey you'll make it happen again right i, I believe in any superstition so i'll do the five great stuff Ryan DL, and you could hear the smile in his voice there. Uh, Christian Rasmussen, what a year he's had in the open wheel ranks, but not uh, disappearing from this form of racing. Full sunshine on the uh, front straight now here at the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship finale, Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Already a big crowd, it's only Thursday plenty of people turning up later on this evening and I think we'll have to be in very early on Saturday morning make sure that we're ready to go for warm up and then the race so the pretty much the full field Jeremy is uh, now we're just waiting for the next 
three minutes before we get the full field allowed out but pretty much everybody who has been allowed to go out at this point has gone out and taken the opportunity in this first 15 minutes yeah and a really good lap there by Anders Fjordback uh, a 1 minute 14.110 for him the quickest time this morning was by Ben Hanley in the crowd strike racing by APR car number 04 to a 113.9 so Anders uh, just a couple of tenths of a second away from that and he's got uh, nearly three quarters of a second in hand over Ben Keating at the moment. Not often people can say that. No. So uh, you do it well off. if you're ahead of Ben Keating yeah, at any stage of the game. Certainly are. So to hats off to uh, Anders Fjordback. He's driving number twenty car for high class racing. Uh, of course, in LP2, all the cars running uh, are this year are Oricas with the same Gibson V8 engine. Next year, as we talked about earlier on, there's going to be uh, one Ligier, at least one Ligier, for. Uh, Sean Creech Motorsport moving up into the uh, LMP2 ranks next season. So that'd be nice to see a little bit of variety uh, for the first time in uh, quite a long time since we've seen, seen Ligier uh, driving in LMP2 in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch, please, on the social. Two minutes to the rest of the cars coming out. And... Just looking at my tracker screen here, thanks to Alcamel. Uh, Lifetiming.alcamelsystems.com. Um, it's quite a busy track, and we haven't even got yeah. half the cars no. out there. Uh, sure, Adam, before we uh, get everybody else out onto the circuits, uh, where have you found your way down to? I'm at AF course uh, because I see a red Ferrari and red Ferrari overalls and a British driver, which means that it has to be James Collado. And James, I said congratulations. Does it feel any different to come back to Petit Le Mans as an overall Le Mans winner? You've won Petit twice. You had won Le Mans twice before this year. So it seems only fair to keep it in variety, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel any different. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I take each race uh, as it comes. And uh, obviously, Le Mans was a great success. but. I always love coming here because the track's so old school. Um, it's one of my favourite tracks to drive, and uh, I haven't driven the GT all year, so, um, yeah, it's nice to, to get back. And I, I did FP1, I came out of the pits, and I thought there was a problem. Uh, there was no power, but that was the reality of being back in a GT. So um, it's nice, and uh, like I said to you a minute ago, there's no pressure. It's, um, it's a race where I can relax a little bit. Good luck this weekend. We hope to see you at least with another poll this weekend. I uh, want well, to do my best, do my best. Ari Berlog just off the circuit down at the bottom of the hill at turn 10. Ari driving uh, the number eight prototype. Yeah. Just missed his breaking point by half a car's length, maybe locked up the right front Michelin. And he's managed to negotiate his way through the gravel trap and and back onto the circuit. His first time in an LMP2 car, and uh, it's an LMP3 uh, pretty successfully over the last couple of years for Ari. He's done made a total of 10 starts now in the Interweb Tech Sports Car Championship, but this is his debut for Tower Motorsport, running a completely different livery this weekend. He'll be joined in that car. He's a bronze driver, of course. He's been joined in that, going to be joining the car this weekend by Scotty McLaughlin from uh, New Zealand. He, NTT IndyCar Series driver and also now a confirmed NTT IndyCar Series driver for next year young Kiffin Simpson just 19 years of age doing Indy next 
this year for Kiffin. So that's going to be a strong lineup, uh, I think, in that, in that in that number eight car. And Ari, he was only he was only a couple of seconds off the ultimate pace there in uh, LMP2. So that's a good effort for him, learning, stepping up, but for the first time. Uh, Dennis Anderson has now taken over the wheel number twenty high class racing car, but also. Uh, in the number 52 car, Ben Keating he clearly took exception to what I was saying a few minutes ago and has gone fastest. Kiffin Simpson, a, a former winner of this event, of course, with, True, with yeah. Gradient. And around for the number 20... That was Dennis Anderson. That was Dennis Anderson, uh, who has just looped the red and white LMP2 car for high-class racing. And is the damage to that Oric? Uh, it's at the top of the hill at turn two. Uh, yes, he has knocked off one of the rear lighting parts of the car. Oh, that's nice. He f- for one moment, he flicked it up into the back. He's locked ah. it up, actually. Right, this is really interesting. And, and this, I, I, I'm afraid to say, I think this is becoming a little bit of a recurring theme here. People coming out of the pits... And it was the WeatherTech number 79 AMG coming out of the pits and driving slowly up to turn one, uh, being caught by the prototype unsighted over the brow of the hill, which then spun to avoid it and clipped the rear end. Also having to to use the grass and then the motorcycle chicane was the 88 AF Corsa Orica, uh, which was on a quicker lap that had been out for a little while that was Francois Perodo very experienced driver and actually he did very well to miss the shenanigans that were going on ahead of him um, I, I think Dennis had just done his out lap because yes. that, that wasn't coming out the pits but this, this, I'm pretty certain the 79 WeatherTech car was just out of the pits and the speed differentials there were worrying to say the least in the earlier session this morning we saw the GTP cars uh, at very slow pace tiptoeing out through turns two and three with very little grip on the front end and even Lawrence Vantour had problems at turn five admitted that was his own problem just hadn't got the, the heat into the tyres then got picked up on his outlap uh, and running to the back of because again he was moving slowly and the difficulty at the top of the hill there Jeremy where the pit lane joins he come out the right hand side the fast line through turn one is to the left you swoop to the to the right then the left but you have to at some stage if you're on a quick lap turn right through through the apex of turn through in, in turn two into turn three which is where people are coming out the pits it's dodgy. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a known kind of bottleneck, if you like, uh, and it's something that everybody has to, to be aware of. Down with uh, Nick Yeoley in the, in the pits out of the 25 BMW. Um, well, Nick, you, you turn up here at uh, Atlanta with an outside chance of the championship, which must be a, almost a dream come true after problems at the beginning of the season at Daytona. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think the key to our season has really been consistency. Uh, we've managed to rack up five podiums, a win in that. Um, so, yeah, to come here without, with having, I mean, yeah, people say it's an outside shot, but we have to win. If we can get a 1-2, then we win the championship. So 
uh, for me, that championship title shot is definitely yeah one that we can take very seriously. Um, and is this basically down to consistency, or has it been a real improvement in pace with the BMW? I think a bit of both. So we've been able to you know not make too many mistakes, be there when other people have vaulted, and then slowly have progressed. I mean, Long Beach was our first, I would say, result on pace. Then we've been slightly up and down in the middle part of the year, and I feel like now we're starting to take better strides forwards. Now, what we are seeing already here is uh, there are a lot of incidents with the faster cars tripping over. Actually, sometimes they're not quite, like the P2s, and, and especially where you are in your, in your tyre cycle. How difficult is this to manage? Unbelievably difficult, because also you have some guys that obviously really know what they're doing, and maybe some other guys that are concentrating to keep the car on track and not being so aware of you know, where the faster cars are approaching or not. So um, the traffic here is nuts. It's going to be very difficult to manage over the 10-hour period. Um, 55 cars or 56 cars on track, it will be, yeah, survival of the fittest. You were over in uh, Spa with WRT testing a, a while ago. I mean, will the WEC car be the same as the IMSA car? Will you be involved in WEC at all? Um, so from my side, programs-wise, hasn't been officially decided yet, so I don't really know. That's up to the boss, Andreas. Um, but from the car point of view, from driving both of them, setup-wise, systems-wise, is all very much the same, very, very similar. The good thing now, having obviously WRT testing as well, is we get two or a load more information, both from the drivers, from different engineering crew, and on different type of circuits. For me, I find that, at least on the US circuits, there's so many changes of tarmac, the bumps, the curbs are much harsher, so it brings up different problems, say, that if, say than if you run in Spa. So the working together is going to be yeah, key to our success. The Iron Dames did not test here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, and Rahel Fry, just getting out of the Lamborghini, said to me, wow, it's fast. This track is like a roller coaster on steroids. Is it fun, scary, the traffic stressing you out? What, what is your experience so far? No, it's definitely fun. Uh, we love it. As you said, we did not come here to test. Uh, this is clearly an advantage. We are missing now the mileage, and uh, for us, the free practice is to get as uh, many laps done as possible. Um, so mainly we do long run, concentrating on, on driving to improve it. So yeah, the, the, the track is super fun, it's super fast, but traffic is definitely more complicated of what we expected. How hard is this track to learn as well? I mean, we have done some simulator uh, work. We, you cannot come here without uh, driving on the simulator. But nevertheless, the evolution, it's not the same like in the simulator. Um, we try to catch up as fast as possible. But uh, yeah, right now we are running a little bit behind. And, uh, but we, we take the extra challenge. We, we knew it. This season is about learning. It's a learning process. And uh, hopefully we come back next year to attack even more. Well, and the entry lists are out for next year. It looks like you guys are back for the long races. So this is learning for perhaps a win next year? Yeah, I mean, we, do, we always want to do as good as we can. Uh, winning, we clearly know. We have seen that the competition is very high in IMSA. This is what we love. This is why we are here. Uh, we want to prove ourselves. We want to see the pink Lamborghini up front. But uh, as I said, we still have some work to do. But we are looking very much forward. And uh, yeah, the winter season is quite short. Um, let's see how much work we can get done. And last question, you've qualified once, Michelle has qualified once, Dorian qualified once. Who gets to do the honours for the final race of the season? Yeah, I would say uh, the fastest has to qualify. The one uh, who feels the most comfortable after, after free practice. Uh, we clearly know uh, the little ones like Dorian and me, we have a little bit an advantage of the weight. Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, we are always open to discuss, and in the end, we want to see our pink car up front. Looking forward to qualifying tomorrow. Thanks. Good luck this weekend, Rahel. Thank you very much. Rahel Fry there with Shea Adam down in the pit lane. One of my very, very favourite people. Um, she... If you take that line, um, if you can try for disaster, if you can treat those two imposters just the same, that is Rahel Fry, and she treats them both with a smile on her face. Bad day, good day. She's at a racetrack. She's a happy person. Excellent driver. Hugely underrated driver yeah. down through the years, yeah. and she's still putting in great performances. Yeah, I mean, she's the, the elder statesman in that little yeah. group of, yeah. of, of three, but uh, she's, she's still quick, and uh, Michelle Gatting from uh, from Denmark is super fast, and young Dorian Pain from France. I mean, she is uh, you know quite a talent. So it's great to see they all feed off each other. They've all got different strengths and weaknesses, perhaps as most drivers do. But the thing is, they get along so well together. It really meshes well that trio, and they will be they will be contenders. Even, even you know, it's it's a steep learning curve coming here for the first time, having not tested in particular. Uh, so uh, they, they really do have got their kind of backs against the wall, but yeah, they're all now accomplished professional drivers. And they will be a factor, I'm sure, on Saturday. And great to hear that they will be uh, back for another crack at the Michelin endurance side of things next year. Yeah, I would love to see them here for the full season, but... Uh, uh, well, I think Rahel has said to us every yes, time we've, yes, yes. we've mentioned it and said what's happening next year, what's happening next year. Oh, can you can you keep telling everybody we want to come back yeah, for the full yeah. full season? It's a busy season for Lamborghini. Uh, we're going to see the prototype car at some stage as well in GTP. Probably not at Daytona, uh, unfortunately, is what we're hearing most recently. There have been some personnel changes at Ferrari. North America and uh, uh, excuse me at Lamborghini North America and uh, not sure how that is going to impact the North American part of the programme we'll keep you abreast of that as and when we get some more information on it but nevertheless the Iron Dames uh, exciting entertaining and Great, a great camaraderie, as Jeremy says, within that uh, that Brilliant. team of three drivers. Brilliant. Uh, we had the green flag, by the way, for everybody else. So everybody else has been out for a little while now. Yes. Times are coming. Uh, and when we saw that incident up at uh, turn three, that was the that was the number seventy nine car was coming out of pits. That was when the green flag came, came out for yeah. the for for the uh, good point pro drivers. Since then, we've seen some fast lap times. Ricky Taylor has gone to the top of the charts in the Acura. Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport. That's kind of a 10 to the 111.688, which is just fractionally away from the best time this morning by uh, Sebastian Bourdais, 111.674 for the Cadillac. But the Acura, just uh, 14 thousandths of a second away from that already. He did that on lap five in this session. Scott Dixon, second position at the moment in the 01 Cadillac, the car that was fastest this morning. Third fastest at the moment, just uh, within two tenths of a second of the fastest time. That'll be Matt Campbell in caliber seven, the uh, uh, Porsche Penske Motorsports uh, Porsche 963. So uh, Acura Cadillac and Porsche. Then the best of the BMWs in fourth position, Marco Wittmann. He's within a second of the fastest time. 
at a 112.621. In the other classes, it's still Ben Keating fastest in LMP2 with a 113.6, which is actually faster than the best time this morning in LMP2 that's set by Ben Hanley. A zero four car at a 13.9, so a really good lap there for Ben Keating on 13.661. In LMP3, it is uh, Philippe Fraga in the car that didn't go out this morning, just did the one ex- ex- exploration lap. Number 74, the Riley Motorsports Ligier. Philippe Fraga bounces straight to the top here with 116.952, and that compares to 116.7 that was the best time this morning, was set by Garrett Grist in a Junior 3 racing, car number 30. In GT, uh, Aaron Tielitzer out of the box very, very strongly this afternoon in number 12 car for Vassar Sullivan. 119.800 for Aaron. It's uh, Frankie Montecalvo driving that car now, but it's Aaron Tielitz that set the time. Uh, and uh, the, the best time this morning in GT was Jules Gugnon right at the death of the final moments of the session at 120.2 so already this this afternoon I guarantee it's gone four tenths quicker than that time best of the GTD pros at the moment is Jack Hawksworth the other Vassar Sullivan Lexus yeah. uh, also didn't did very few laps this morning at uh, 120.4 for Hawksworth the caliber 14 and just pitting actually in front of us uh-huh. and saying to us this morning that they weren't going to risk anything in terms of their uh, the car because they've got to get that car to the start to confirm the uh, championship that is your vp racing in session update and there has just been a new fastest time for matt campbell and porsche penske motorsport 111.629 we'll digest that here uh, as we've just had ben keating off at the top of the hill in the wins number 52 prototype and he uh, has continued we'll digest all of that here as Shea Adam brings us more news from the pit lane I'm down here with Philippe Albuquerque well actually up here because we're up on the pit stand uh, Philippe do you always look this calm when Ricky Taylor is out there putting in lap times good enough for P1 as he was at the time I think I am well, if it's the last moments I trust 100% in Ricky uh, not as calm as this but yeah it's early days I'm trying to pace myself already to be calm when it's nothing to be worried out so yeah how crazy is the traffic from a GTP perspective I, I haven't drive yet uh, so I'm going to go next actually right after I talk to you um, I think Petit is always crazy and I think that what makes Petit and IMSA so unique which we have way more cars than anywhere else. And I think that's a beauty as well of the sports car. Because uh, it would just be like GTPs. I think then we enter into this uh, uh, single file car that can become boring. And then it's just drivers chasing average lap time who is fast. So it's way more than that. So you don't you need to be fast, obviously. But it's the guy that is the best on strategy and on traffic, managing all those all those things together it was the one that's going to win it good luck this weekend you're not finishing second in the championship let's go for first <laughs> exactly i mean i don't know what to say anymore about that but um yeah i do definitely uh, we need luck everyone needs luck there is no champions without luck um fingers crossed let's do our best Philippe albuquerque with Shea adam 
down in the pit lane at IMSA Radio. Hello, Sebring 12 fan. He says, one of my favourite things about IMSA is the Thursday night practice at Petit Le Mans. It has all the rhythms and timing of going to a weekend major league baseball game, uh, as far as this American fan's concerned, except, of course, it's race cars. And he sent a beautiful picture, time-lapse picture, or long exposure picture, of headlights through the S's. And hello to Brian Dawkins, who's tweeted at IMSA Radio. Let's talk Bill Oberlin, he says. Number one, is there a better interview with the paddock than Bill? Very few, I would say. Number two, and this is for sure, how many drivers in the grid weren't even bored when Bill had the blow over in the BMW V12 LMR here? A, f- a couple, I would think. Maybe as many as ten, or a dozen. Not sure. It'd be 98 or 99, yeah. So we're we talking... Anybody under 23, really? So, actually, there's going to be a few more. Jeremy yeah, started to count. Jeremy started to count, and it's quite a few. He's run out of fingers already. Uh, Nick Damon, uh, save us save us from this. Uh, yes, with another uh, young man, and it's birthday boy, Pipo Durrani. Uh, how many years today, Pipo? Not so, not so young anymore. 30 today, so... Uh... Wow, wow, you must have a picture in the loft. You look amazing. Uh, surely could could be looking a lot better if I weren't a race car driver. I can tell you that there's a few grey hairs here from uh, championship fights that uh, it's more than I wa- that I would have liked. But jokes aside, um, couldn't be asked for more, especially in such a difficult time for the world with so many things going on. To be here on my birthday, having my family around and racing cars, I think it's uh, it's a blessing. Um, yeah, really, really blessed to be in this position and and be doing what I love on, on my birthday couldn't be couldn't couldn't have asked for more and more grey hairs because another championship fight you are leading the championship it must be you know I don't suppose you thought you'd be leading the championship coming out of Daytona did you in the, in the last round yeah it's been an up and up and down season uh, I think for everyone so uh, a bit of inconsistency throughout the whole season has led for all of us to be here uh, really tied uh, on points for uh, for the final race so, um, yeah, amazing first year of GTP, I think, for the championship and for the fans. It's, uh, it's what they, they hoped for. Um, for us in the car, I think it gives an extra, an extra bit of stress and maybe a couple more gray hairs after Saturday night. But, uh, but yeah, just great to be a part of it. Um, better to be in the fight than not, and especially better to come into this race leading, especially with the pit box, being able to have the... The, the first pit uh, the pit box right here so um, if that's gonna make any difference in the race we don't know but surely it won't hurt 10 hour race of course coming up on Saturday are you racing the other GTP cars or are you racing the traffic yeah that's a good question I think uh, first of all you gotta race the traffic and then and then put yourself in a position to, to fight at the end there's so much that can happen um, I think you gotta be cautious in the very beginning on our side of the garage, there's also the endurance championship that we're fighting for. We hope that we can get that wrapped up in the first four hours of the race so that we can just focus on bringing the car closer to the finish line and then preserve as much as we can the, the machine because we know in this race it's very important to have a, a car that's intact and, uh, and ready for the last 30 minutes of the race. So uh, it's going to be a massive battle, especially with 54 cars on track, if I am not wrong. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. So you're going to be battling first the traffic and then after that 
you battle anything you see in front of you so that you can get to the end of the race ahead of uh, anyone. Great stuff. Thanks, people. And those of you wondering what I meant by pictures of Loft, go on Wikipedia, look up the picture of Dorian Gray, and you'll see what I mean, because that boy looks about 23. Well, Nick Tierman, our very own Dorian Gray at uh, RSL. Uh, Jeremy has been combing through the entry lists. And how many are you up to now, Jeremy? 18. 18? Yeah, I think so. So, was it was it was it was that he did nine, uh, 99 crash it, 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 it was it was yeah if it was the v12 lmr could have uh, could have yeah, only been 99 right. or 2000 yeah. and I, I think joe did the interview when he, he we walked back down the hill the first person that he spoke to was joe bradley who's sitting just behind us in the global uh uh broadcast center when bill oberland went over yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. I, I think that was 99 uh, it might have been 2000 because they ran that yeah. car into 2000 but even so with, 18. With 18 okay <laughs> so there's the answer to that question uh, Oops. now Oopsie. another car off and this is one of the TDS racing cars it is the 35 machine and who did you put in that Jeremy was that Guido yeah Guido van der Garde, yeah well he's, he's left a perfect uh, impression of the car on the white bands of the tyres again at the top of the hill at turn two. It, I mean, that's a piece of art. Oh, and Iron Dames are involved as well. At least their car, the number 83 pink Lambo. And this is another rear end shunt, right rear, that is has hit the wall and all the bodywork across the back. I'm not happy with the suspension and the drive shaft on the right rear, a deranged wing and a red flag as Guido is going to try and bring that car back. Uh, it is Guido, believe it or not, it's Guido van der Garde's first time racing at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Now, he lost it at the top of the hill and smacked sideways into the banded tyre uh, barriers. That is a piece of artwork on the side of there now as he's hit that. There's a perfect impression uh, of that P2 car. But how and what happened to the Iron Dames then? They've Their car stopped. I think that's a separate incident because they were ahead going through turn five. So where have they stopped? There didn't seem to be any damage on... Did, no apparent damage on the number 83 Lamborghini. That just seems car, to be going slowly. Has that cup coming back into the pit lane? We've also got the, it's back got the, in the 79. Pits. Yeah, that's back in the pits with no damage. Uh, the 79 WeatherTech car was slow coming back. I think we should auction that off as a piece of art, that uh, side swipe of the LMP2 car at the top of the hill. Uh, there's not so much debris on the circuit. There's some on the motorcycle cut-off. Uh, so that will be... Uh, that will be... cleared up quickly. And... Guido has not gone any further than the motorcycle chicane. Shea Adam is looking at the Iron Dames uh, machine, the number 83 Lamborghini. Let me do a full roundy round of this car, but everything I have seen so far has looked perfect. Uh, and yes, confirmation, no damage to the Iron Dames car. So maybe it was just slowing down for the red flag a bit sooner than everybody else. 
And, of course, we've had a couple of red flags in this morning's uh, session as well, one of which was caused by the 47 the Settler uh, Ferrari 296. I had a little bit of a check-up on that car to see how it's going. Uh, and I'm constantly amazed at the way this car comes apart. It's like a kind of a, almost a glorified Lego set because they have dropped the seconds, the rear subframe out the back of the car, and that contains all the motive for engine gearbox drive shafts everything else now, interestingly john because you were postulating that there might be an issue uh, with the gearbox the gearbox has been separated from the engine the engine is sitting in that cradle which is uh, sort of 70 percent actually what's used in the car and then a kind of a top level which they screw on to get the units out um basically if there's one of those kind of you kind of uh, units basically repair units around that they can put it in it's a couple of hours to get the thing back in again, but there wasn't a huge amount of activity uh, a few minutes ago, so I don't know whether they've, they've got to get overnight and won't get it until tomorrow, I'm not sure, but there's certainly no sign they're giving up. It just, I think, again, I think this is just a, this is just a situation called of cost rather than uh, something they can't do. Time may well be the enemy there, and if there's any chassis damage uh, as well. Uh, you're listening to IMSA Radio. Uh, we are live from trackside from the last race of the 2023 season. It's the 26th running of Mortul Petit-Lamont. Around the circuit on 91, uh, 98.1. That is Road Atlanta FM. Thank you, Dave Miller. And booming out over the newly improved PA system here as well to the crowd, which is uh, growing minute by minute. And I suspect even more people coming in later on this evening. Around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels committed to bringing you the best endurance and GT racing from around the world. And this one of our Blue Raband events of the season, just waiting for the recovery of the TDS LMP2. And that is going on very carefully at the moment. That is not going to be driven back by Guido van der Garde. It's going on to the flatbed. few teams with a bit of work going on, Jeremy. Um, my worry here is not necessarily um, for what happens tomorrow, but whether they'll get these cars out tonight, uh, particularly for drivers that need uh, darkness laps. Yeah, of which there's quite a few. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, that uh, certainly will be a concern. I mean, there's, there's, it, that session doesn't start until... Where's my schedule? Don't know. Can't straight after it. dinner. Yeah, straight Half after past dinner. Seven, isn't it? it starts at 7.30. Yeah. So what's time now? It's only 3.15 now. So you know, three or four hours uh, to get that damage repaired we've got a, a couple of races coming up next of course after this practice session we've got the first vp challenge race of the weekend followed by the first intermit to mass mx5 cup challenge race of the weekend then dinner break and then that night practice starts at 7 30 but yeah i mean there's two or three of these teams the chetelar ferrari that was very badly damaged earlier on today uh, and now uh, yeah, a lot of damage to that tds car as well good yeah good with uh, Roman De Angelis, uh, as, as all quiet here in the pit lane. Uh, Roman, obviously, I suppose every time you hear there's an accident or being a red flag, you must be very chuffed it's not your car involved. Yeah, definitely uh, at this place. It seems like there's accidents all the time, so you always check the screen uh, when the red flag light comes on and make sure it's not you. Uh, but, I mean, obviously we're briefed to, to kind of manage the traffic really well in practice and not take any risks. So um, we got to, obviously, the important ones on Saturday. So got to make it to that point. And how is the heart of racing Aston Martin going at uh, uh, Road Atlanta this weekend? 
Yeah, I think historically it's been a good track for us. We won here two years ago, um, got the championship here last year. So it seems like a, a track that kind of suits the ass and similar to Mossport, very fast and flowing. Um, obviously, we had a little bit of power taken away a few races ago. So just uh, working through working through that. But I think, you know, we, we always have a good race car. Um, as long as we're consistent and stay out of the, the melee of the Petit Le Mans traffic, um, I think you're almost guaranteed a you know, top six finish. So we'll see what we can do and try to win the endurance championship. Now, of course, Hart racing very much in the news over the last couple of weeks with the announcement of the tight with Aston Martin for the Valkyrie and the statement the drivers will become from the Hart Racing family. How exciting is that for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's in 2025, so I have uh, another year to hopefully do a good job. Um, we'll see where, where I'm positioned next year and what I do. But, um, yeah, it is, it's really good news. They obviously put a lot of trust in us, so I hope, uh, I hope to do a good enough job where I'm, I'm one of the drivers. But, like I said, there's a lot of work left to be done. Um, for myself to improve and, and things until then so you have to be quite realistic as well with yourself so just uh trying to improve the best i can and do the best i can next year obviously you can show improvement in the gtd cars but is it kind of has ian said you know you'll all get a go in the uh, at least when we're testing the uh the hypercar yeah i haven't really spoke much of at all oh come on yeah i honestly haven't i swear um i did gt4 last weekend and then had one day at home and then came here so um not too many conversations Regarding that, I'm just trying to do my job, and, and that's it. Worrying about trying to win this endurance championship. Thanks, for man. Thank you. Yeah, see you. Good effort, Nick. At least you tried. Uh, <laughs> definitely tried. There. Very exciting news uh, that uh, was announced. In fact, Nick was at the announcement, and uh, not this week, but last week's Midweek Motorsport spoke to the principals, including Ian James. And uh, a lot of work to do. Effectively, uh, re-engineering, almost perhaps a re-imagining of the Valkyrie, uh, particularly from the power unit. They won't be using a hybrid. Uh, it will be using some version of the Cosworth V12 that they use at the moment. The problem is it produces too much horsepower. And they need to get it down by about half. Uh, also the active aero and various other bits and pieces that are available on that car um, so th there's a lot of work and a lot of development to do and not a lot of time to do it actually that car due to be on track sometime next year in preparation for a 2026 Daytona debut 26 yes uh, t uh, 25 excuse me I've jumped ahead of you um, a 2025 Daytona debut but that given the amount of work that has to be done on that car and the homologation that has to be achieved that uh, I think that's going to be a big effort by everybody concerned yeah I mean getting a car ready is one thing getting it homologated is, uh, is another thing because uh, you know, once that car is homologated that's what you got uh, you, you're not able to go out and develop it and improve it. Uh, you're able to uh, massage it and extract more potential, extract its full potential, but you're not allowed to make modifications to make the car go faster. So, uh, yeah, that homologation process is exhaustive and expensive, uh, but uh, critical. Look at the times again, and Colin Brown, it was, went to the top. I'm not sure who we mentioned, I don't know, actually. Before, just uh, shortly before that last uh, interruption, Colin Brown, fastest in, in column of 60. That's the Meyer Shank Racing Acura. Uh, 111.543, then, is, is the benchmark time at the moment. 
in second position it was Maddie Campbell who set the time of 111.629 number 7 Penske Porsche and in third place the uh, other accurate in the race number 10 Conica Minolta Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport entry the 111.688 that time was set by Ricky Taylor fourth fastest still just about two tenths of a second off the quickest time ultimately Scott Dixon in the number 01 Cadillac that he shares with Sebastian Bourdais and Renga van der Zander in LMP2 it was Ben Keating who set the fastest time before his incident a little while ago in LMP3 it remains number 74 Riley Motorsports Ligier fastest and in GTD still that number 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus of Aaron Tieditz the 119.800 already an improvement since we were back to green for the number 13 LMP3 car Matt Bell just turned a 117.6 moves himself up into fourth position in LMP3 ahead of him fastest car is number 74 second is number 30 was Dakota Dickerson who set that time in car number 30 for junior three racing and then the two AWA Duquesnes of Anthony Mantella and Matthew Bell driving at the moment and it was Wayne Boyd and Matt Bell who set those times So that time is lost. We're under an hour now, 56 minutes remaining, of which the last 15 will be solely for the Pro Cars, so GTD Pro and GTD Pro and GTP is uh, what I was trying to, to get to. That is going to be very, very impressive indeed. Um, a couple of improvements there in GTP on that last lap. Alexander Sims, fifth fastest in kind of a 31. Just turned a 111.998. So oh, that's getting interesting. Yeah, within a half a second of the fastest time. Also an improvement for Nick Yellowley in kind of a 25. He turns a 1 minute 12.6. And uh, Jimmy Bruni in the number 59 Proton Porsche. Moves himself ahead of now all of the LMP2 cars into 10th position overall. I saw Neil Gianni at lunchtime, who's uh, sharing the 59 car with the uh, well, regular drivers since that car came on screen a couple of races ago, uh, Harry Ticknell and Jimmy Bruni. And Neil was telling me they had some brake problems this morning and they, they were a bit concerned as to what was causing them. Uh, long pedal and just inconsistent pedal. So that uh, presumably has been improved now because... Jimmy Bruni has just turned that car's best lap in a 113.4. Well, if we want to talk to a man who knows how to win many different races, we should always come to Andy Lally. And Andy, you're joined up with Magnus Racing once again. John Potter, Spencer Pompelli's won this race a couple of times. It should be a good weekend for the three of you because there's no pressure. All you're here to do is win, right? Oh, yeah, totally no pressure. We just need about another six or seven tenths to keep us... uh, to get us where we're semi-content with our pace, uh, we're we're okay right now. We're actually handling pretty good in the corners, uh, but we've got some work to do to get around it in in other in some other areas of the track. So, um, 
not sure how we find that, but we're, we're digging. Our guys are uh, got their head down trying to find uh, some answers here and try to get us uh, a little further up the charts. You've raced a lot of different kinds of cars at Road Atlanta. How does this Aston Martin stack up in comparison? Um, in the corners, really good. Probably has the potential to be a little better in other places. Uh, it's just I, I, I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens when we get a little more heat in the track. Uh, maybe get a little. We. I'm dancing around the subject, but I think we've got a really good handling car. Uh, we just need to find something somewhere else here. And I'm sure the driver comforts of this thing beat a lot of the other cars you've raced. I, I honestly, like, weekends like this where we get a, uh, an unusually cool Petit Le Mans might not be the best for the fans, although some might appreciate the sweater weather. But for us in the car, this is awesome. This is nice and easy. We could triple stint real easy like this. Uh, and the Aston itself actually also cools really well. We've got a good vent from the outside that doesn't pull too much exhaust from the other cars. So we get a nice breeze on us. It's not too bad. Honestly, though, you come into these race weekends. I know you're still a super competitor, but you're sharing a race car with two of your best friends. Does life get much better than that? It's, I, you know, there's times where I'll sit around and want to complain about top speed or something like that. And then I got to really sit back and be like, I am one of the luckiest people on this planet that gets to do what to do a dream job year in and year out this is 31 years now and uh i i i i'm i can't be more thankful than what i am always a fan favorite good luck andy thank you appreciate it another one of those drivers that i said we are very fortunate to have in imsa and always an absolute pleasure to speak to Andy Lally and to listen to what he's got to say as well to be uh, to be quite honest at IMSA Radio uh, Max UK has been in touch just need to press that button there so I don't mess up the sound desk here uh, looking forward to Petit Le Mans are we going to see a Corvette hypercar anytime soon great news about Aston Martin coming in 25. Uh, the GM uh, GTP stroke hypercar is at the moment Cadillac. Now they've confirmed they'll continue with just one uh, WEC entry for next year as they try to get their Formula One entry with Andretti Global. Uh, we've obviously got the IMSA side of things as well but that's the GM entry Corvette next year committed they've already designed tested built engineered probably not quite in that order uh, a purpose built Corvette GT3 car the car that's running at the moment is the uh, re-engineered GTE the GT Le Mans car next year there's a brand new GT3 which will be racing with TF in WEC and here with Pratt Miller in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship some customer cars as well potentially is uh, what we are hearing as well although I didn't see any of those um, Jeremy was running through the list earlier on a very full list in fact a capacity list for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship 
uh, GT4 car as well uh, for Corvette coming at IMSA Radio if you'd like to be in touch uh, Nick Damon is at the moment uh, he's not he's not the harbinger of doom <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination but he is wandering through the uh, the wounded area to give us updates well the doom's already happened I'm more of a reporter right. of doom reporter of doom doom yes. reporter yeah I'm with the uh, the TDS Racing 35 car which actually has been um, tried to be unloaded from the flatbed and if you want to know how, how many may it takes to unload a LMP2 car that's got a completely collapsed rear suspension from a flatbed the answer is uh, seven uh, and they're kind of sliding it down the ramp because the wheels won't roll. Um, he's done three corners, which is quite impressive. Uh, the one corner that's absolutely fine is the front left. Uh, the front right's not too bad either, though. He's scuffed the alloy. Uh, that'll have to get refurbished. Uh, the whole of the uh, right-hand side side pod is squished, and also the right-hand rear suspension is collapsed. The rear, the tail of the car, of course, is also damaged. But my feeling on this one is there's nothing has happened that's going to do the chassis on this. So this is just, again, and one of the great things about prototype cars, you unbolt them, you just bolt on new bits. You have to write a check, but apart from that, things carry on as normal. So the only question is whether it's a three-hour repair for night practice or they won't get it ready until qualifying. There speaks a man who has spent many an hour in a Creventic uh, pit lane <laughs> watching people with uh, iPhone lights. <laughs> £10 lump hammers and all kinds trying to get cars back onto the track. Thank you, Nick. Nick Damon. Uh, we still have the season finale for Creventic, the Kuwait 12 hours coming in uh, a month or so's time uh, after the finish of this, uh, our feature season for IMSA, feature race for IMSA and the end of the season. 48 minutes to go. I mean, he's right there, Jeremy, and, and he's not trying. Nick's not trying to sound flippant, but prototype cars, like single-seat race cars, bits are designed to break off and be replaced rather than to pass that load into the chassis effectively. Yeah, true that. I mean, they're sort of, um, yeah, they, they do absorb impact and, and break, and as you say, without causing further damage to the car. So. Uh, very much an integral part of a uh, customer race car. Just an improvement now for uh, Philip Albuquerque last time around. We heard from him a little while ago. He hadn't even hopped in the car yet, but well, it hasn't taken him long to get up to speed. Just gone second fastest, so it's now an Acura 1-2. Philip Albuquerque turned a 111.487. That compares to the 111.341 by the other Acura, number 60, Maya Shank car. Now an improvement there last time around for Scott Dixon. 111.531 for the six-time NTT IndyCar Series champion. Driving that number 01 car, doing the bulk of the work this afternoon in that car. Another improvement for Dixie then. Third fastest for Cadillac, ahead of the best of the Porsches, which is Maddie Campbell. It's the car number seven that's driven at the moment for the first time this week, I think. I don't think he drove it this morning. That's Joseph Newgarden in car number seven. There's a few big names to get some uh, laps in, and they'll be wanting to go out in the dark as well uh, this evening. Uh, here's the rundown for you. VP Racing in session rundown in the pit. Colin Brown, MSR Acura, 111.341. Colin Brown is looking for a job next year, isn't he, effectively, uh, in terms of GTP. Um, nothing announced for Colin. Um, so... Scott Dixon now in second for Cadillac Racing. He's just turned a 111.363.01. 
Then the 1-0 for the Cunningham and Alta Acura. That's Philippe Albuquerque, one eleven four. He's just put that time in. Joseph Newgarden in fourth position for Porsche, Penske Motorsports. Acura Cadillac, Acura Porsche. And then another fastest time last time around for Alexander Sims, one eleven nine one nine for fifth place. And then in the pits, the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 on a 12.2, 12.3 and 12.5 for the 25 and 24 BMW M Team RLL hybrids. So that is the top eight. And in LMP2, Paul Loop Shatnan for PR1 Matheson Motorsport with a 13.5, 1 minute 13.5. Then Scott Huffaker for the first of the TDS cars with also a 13.5, so 0.038 between the 52 and the 11. Guido van der Gaard's car still shown as third despite being worked on at the moment after that incident, and it was trailered back or flatbedded back in third. In LMP3, Gar Robinson for Riley, the number 74, the rank 74 car. Then Bijoy Garg for Junior 3. Then Anthony Mantella for the 17, Decane of AWA teammate Lars Kern. Uh, in behind in GT it's Vassa Sullivan's Lexus the uh, standard GT the 12 car with a 19.8 a 19.9 for Winwood's Indy Donche in the pit lane with a 57 Mike Skeen for Kortov in third and the best of the pro cars which will have their own 15 minute run at the end with the GTPs maybe they're saving some tyres for that Carl Kirkwood for the other Vassa Sullivan the 14 car with the red number background then Maro Engel for the Mercedes number 79 of WeatherTech and John Taylor for Corvette in his last run out of course for Corvette so that's how they stand top three now have come into the pit so after Scott Dixon went into second place he has pitted the next time around so Colin, Scott and Philippe all are back in the pits Joseph Newgarden's done another lap since he improved but didn't come back uh, didn't uh, improve that time around. That's your VP in session update. Uh, Nick Damon down in the pit lane, lurking. Where are you lurking, Nick? Well, I've got a oh. surprise for you, John. Hello. It's a it's an improvement down here, uh, no doubt. Um, I've taken over from Nick, so it's going to be me taking this to the chequered flag. I'm going to dive in. Have we spoken to Wally, to Wally Milroy about the McLaren here? Negative. That would right, be good. Yeah. Let's have a word with Wally. Excuse me, Wally. Ollie, I believe I would have lost money on the fact that you've never raced here. Is that right? No, never raced here. I missed it two years ago because my daughter had been born. Uh, That's an important thing, isn't it? <laughs> and then uh, and then last year, I was in Barcelona for the last round of GT World Challenge. So, yeah, it's the first time I've ever been here. All right, I've got to ask you then, what do you thought you thought of the track? It's pretty incredible. Um, obviously, we're lucky nowadays that we can use simulators and stuff to try and learn where it goes. I can't imagine what it was like back in the day when people used to rock up with no idea where it goes um, but yeah it's incredible it's like a roller coaster it's really good fun um, uh, yeah just felt like I was getting dialed into it then as well and getting a bit of rhythm I'm excited for the race to really get some mileage under my belt and, and settle into it and even more important tonight's night practice because this place completely different beast in the dark yeah um, unfortunately we had a problem five laps into FP1 so we that's all we did um, so that was my first run in the dry just then and and that will probably be it now until night practice. So the next time I drive it, will be in the dark. So, yeah, and the, the other thing is the traffic this weekend as well. Um, 
I think it was Renga van der Zander or someone posted this morning something about the amount of traffic. It's like 76 metres between each car if you averaged it out. Um, which would mean in the F1 race at Cota, they'd need like 75 cars or something, you know, to have the same. The traffic is is nuts. And so you're going down the S's and stuff, trying to keep an eye on your mirrors and your radars and stuff. There's a lot going on. So that will obviously be amplified again in the dark this, like, this evening. You're in, all right, you're, you're in the, uh, is it the 70, number 70? Uh, the Inception McLaren. You guys, the only team campaigning a McLaren. Does that put you on the back foot? I mean, not like team share or anything, but... It must put you on the back foot somewhere. Being the only car, uh, only McLaren, yeah. Um, yes and no. I think I think it would help having another one in the same team um, because you can try different things with the setup. Uh, the free practice time when you've got two or three drivers tends to be quite limited anyway. So if you had two cars trying different things and going different ways, you'd learn faster. Um, I'm not sure it would help having another one in a different team. I'm not sure how we'd benefit too much from that, but. Um, but yeah, it would help having another one here. But but look, we've had a, a strong season. Where I think technically we can still win the endurance cup if it all goes our way. We can finish third overall in GTD. Um, so there's a lot to sort of play for and a lot to aim for this weekend. And I just want to win the race. Yeah, you just got to find your way around tonight. That's the first thing on the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And obviously, we, Brendan's got a very good chance of winning the Aiken Trophy this weekend as well, which would give us the Le Mans entry for next year. So. So yeah, we look. The absolute priority, touch wood, is that we 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 need to try and have a clean race, and then see what happens in the last. You know what IMSA's like. It's like just get to the last hour with a car in one piece, and then and then attack. <laughs> You've just stirred something there, a McLaren at Le Mans. Wow, thanks, Ollie. Into the pit lane has come the number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports LMP3 entry. This is the junior banana boat, if you will. Quite a bit of left rear damage, including suspension damage. This car has just had the rollers put on it, and it will go behind the wall back to the garage area because it is damaged so extensive the team cannot fix it on the pit lane. So that's most likely session done. Who was driving the car at the time of the impact with the Iron Danes Lamborghini there, John? I don't think it was an impact with the Iron Dames Lamborghini. I th oh, it's, that's just happened. My apologies. Uh, that was a. I was parking back to the uh, previous uh, incident. The number 85 was being driven by who, Jeremy? Rasmus Linda shown as the last driver yeah. in that car. Uh, they, they both were one zigged and one zagged, I think. It uh, wasn't anything. Oh, it's nothing malicious. To, well, no. no, it was nothing. Not a major coming together, but certainly quite a bit of damage. That speed, of course, it's going to. But just, look at, just we've had several drivers talk about night practice, and uh, for those who haven't driven in darkness here before, uh, it's one of the factors. Fifty-seven drivers uh, are required to take part in the night session tonight, uh, in order to be eligible to drive during the hours of darkness during the race on Saturday. So it's uh, about a third of the field. There's 162 drivers uh, in... Uh, oh, actually, no, that was in the... Uh, 156 drivers now, with the 52 cars lost a couple after the initial thing. So 156 drivers, and 57 of them are required to take part in tonight's session. No changes at the front. It's still the... Uh, Maya Shank Acura, kind of a 60 fastest time, 111.341, the fastest time this morning 
in the first practice session of the uh, week for GTP was a 111.6 by Sebastian Bourdais, so three tenths of a second faster than that. I fancy we're going to see some much quicker times once we get into the final 15 minutes of this session when there's only going to be the pro classes out on the track, GTP is a GDD Pro. But uh, has set the fastest time so far, Colin Brown, then Scott Dixon in second place, Philip Albuquerque in third. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, he's been turning to good laps in the fourth place car. Maddie Campbell it was who set the fastest time in at number seven. It was a, a 11.6, but last time around for Joseph Newgarden was a 112.0. He did a 112.2 a couple of laps ago as well. So good speed from the two-time IndyCar Series champion. His first time in this Porsche in an official IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship session. Change also in uh, LMP2. Scott Huffaker has just gone to the top in kind of bit 11, the TDS racing entry. So he has just pipped the time that was set a little bit earlier by Paul Loup Chatin in kind of bit 52. And he's just changed over to Stephen Thomas, yep. and they've got a pit lane drive through as well, ah. where they came in and did that. It was probably that Scott. Scott on the way in? Probably. Possibly. Possibly. A late, a late advice, fast lap. Otherwise, a very quick call. Yeah, uh, yes. On the car. Yeah. Stephen Thomas as he left the pit lane. Good point. Very good point. Just clouding over a little bit now. Uh, temperature 20 Celsius in the air, 26 on the track. That is uh, 68 Fahrenheit in the air, 79 Fahrenheit on the track. So we've seen, uh, we've seen 51 of the 52 cars on track this afternoon. The only one hasn't been out this afternoon is the Chetelar Ferrari, still being repaired after that crash this morning for Antonio Fuoco. Uh, and all of the cars have completed at least oh. 23 laps. Another spin, and that is 18. the Aero Motorsport Dwight Merriman, driven number 18. A little bit more colour on that car. Normally a very blue machine, still shades of blue on that, but with some uh, yellow and some material sponsorship. That looks to me to be turn five. Seven. Is it? Oh, he's facing the wrong direction. Yes. That's what threw me yes. out. Uh, I thought he was off driver's right at turn five. He's looped it coming out of turn seven, has he? I think so. Yeah, I think he's spot on there, Jeremy. So that'll be that thing that everybody who's ever raced on a platform game or an iRacing here, turn seven, you always think uh, that I, I can get a bit more out of this. I can go a bit quicker, I can go a bit quicker until you drop your, your left hand side Michelin's onto that red Georgia clay and it just flicks you across to the other side. And in fact, there's some witness marks just beyond the end of the blue and white curves to the exit, uh, the yellow and uh, blue curves, should I say. I've got a feeling that he's got away with that. Oh, actually, he spun up rather earlier in the corner than I expected. Just tagged the tyre bundles with the front of the car. And that was very fortunate indeed. Yeah, just tagged the tyre bundle with the left front yeah. but it has continued this is number 18 era motorsport Dwight Merriman uh, we're talking about well he's decided to stay out 
And actually, I'm looking at that. I don't think he's lost any of the dive planes. The little tea trays are still there. You could have your afternoon tea on there. No problem. The fondant fancies would be fine on the middle uh, middle part of that. Yeah. So all is well, Ryan DL. Yeah, very so, good. Cooper. Yeah. Uh, look, yeah, yeah, I think you got away with that. It was very, very, very light contact, as you say, John. These, uh, these oracles are pretty stout. So he's able to get going in, hasn't he bothered to come into the pits. Changing LP3, new fastest time there for Garrett Grist in the junior three racing car number 30. He's just turned a 116.749. That's a couple of tenths quicker than the number 74 car. Felipe Fraga set that time very, very early on in the session after just 10 laps. Garrett Grist has just completed his 37th. It was last time around his 36th of the session that the Canadian Garrett Grist set that fastest time in LMP3. Uh, the, the number 11 TDS entry, uh, quickest in LMP2. Uh, Scott, whatever the team planned, uh, you did the job there, quickest in the session. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit tricky to get laps out there with all this traffic, but, you know, when you can get a clean one, you really have to push, and I think that's what we're seeing is everyone's getting one clean lap or maybe two in a session, so you got to make it count. So was, uh, was it um, getting towards a qualifying setup that you're out on at the moment? Are you guys looking at a qualifying setup? Uh, no, we're mainly looking to the race. Um, you know, it's such a long race. So qualifying, yeah, we want to qualify well, but um, that's mainly Steven. So he'll be working on that setup, and me and Mick will be focusing on the race. Thank you, Scott. Scott Ovica, that uh, currently hit the head of LMP2. Yeah, and uh, a change also in, in GTD. It's been the number 12 Aston Sullivan Lexus been fastest all the way through this session. Well, guess who's at the top now? It's a car that didn't go out this morning or didn't set any representative lap times. The championship uh, championship winner already already confirmed this, they've scored enough points to be unable to be caught this weekend. And number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW. Once again, it's Madison Snow showing his paces in that car he's gone fastest now at a one minute 19.731 that's what 69 thousandths quicker than the Vassar Sullivan Lexus that time was set by Aaron Tielitz much earlier this afternoon and boy I tell you what Madison, Madison Snow is on just such a roll right now he's been uh, on the pole position in uh, each of the last three races uh, a remarkable run by that team. And coming good when it counts. I mean, they've had a good season right. all the way through the season. But you can't have, we, we keep seeing this about the Michelin Pilot Challenge, also about the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. You cannot afford to get into any kind of slump. And you start you, every season with the best of intentions. When you're going well... You've got to keep that intensity up, race after race, and they have done. Yeah, they've just got better and better and better, haven't they, that team this season? And particularly in qualifying, I mean, Madison on the pole for the last three races in a row. That's that's pretty stout. Very, very impressive indeed for Madison Snow. Speaking of impressive, Tommy Milner, welcome back to Corvette Racing. Welcome back to a full-season drive for 2024. We've missed you in this paddock, but Petit Le Mans, this is the one missing off your resume. You and Antonio both, best finish of second. So how desperate are you guys going to be to get the win with Jordan? Yeah, very, very desperate, honestly. Um, the team was talking in our strategy meeting, you know, talking about the Endurance Cup and how that's uh, in play for us, or for, the, for those two guys at least. 
And uh, I think pretty quickly both Antonio were like, but the win, the win, right? <laughs> but yeah, of course the win. So yeah, I mean, it'd be great uh, um, to get a win here with kind of the, the last race for this version of the of the C8 uh, would, would be awesome. Um, be fun, obviously, to get to get a win with Jordan for his last race with Corvette Racing as well. So yeah, it's going to be tough for sure. You know, I mean, the car's been been competitive for some races, and uh, I know at Indy they were a little bit a little bit off the pace there, and there's been a little bit of help. Everyone's favorite word, BOP wise, but um, you know, got some got some teams that, that, that haven't been here obviously for a couple of races. Teams that are fast, so it'll be it'll be a, a hard fight for sure. But um, we'll do whatever we can here at Corvette Racing to to, to get this score up up front. You're in street clothes for this session, so you've clearly been told, yeah, not going to go out for practice too. Just waiting for night practice. Yeah, I drove about seven laps this morning, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, no, I mean, car car is pretty good. I've, I'm so used to the RGT3 car that I've got to kind of adjust myself a little bit now for this car. It's not a huge difference, but some things um, that I have to kind of get used to. So um, I was felt like I was up, up to speed pretty quickly, so that was good. And obviously now they were trying to squeeze me in for this session, but I just told them to just work on the car a little bit and get it as good as possible. Don't worry about getting me laps right now. So I'm sure I'll have plenty, plenty of laps in, in the night and then in the race. Um I'm sure I'll do plenty as well in the race as well. So, uh, looking forward to it. How magical is this track at night? It's awesome. This is this is a, such a cool and a cool event. The racetrack itself is so challenging for us and these GT3 cars, GT cars. I'm sure it's the same for the guys in the P cars as well. It kind of seems like some tracks in GT cars, it's a bigger challenge than than it is for a P car. I think. Well, no question with the traffic, it's going to be a challenge. Period. But. Just driving this racetrack, it's got a cool rhythm and flow to it, and then you add in just the atmosphere here with the fans. Um, you know, it's cool when you have a, have an event that's been here for so many years. You see a lot of the same people, a lot of the same you know fans uh, back at the racetrack, and it seems to just slowly grow every single year. So um, it's obviously where all the championships kind of combine, all the tensions combine for this race. Um, and you can kind of feel that building. I haven't been here for a while, but you can just tell talking to the guys that this is a, you know, a big one. And finally, have you gotten used to racing the number three yet, or can we just please put you back in the four already? It all looks the same inside of the car. I see, this, I see, see the same steering wheel and, you know, same, same pedals to push. So whatever color the car is, whatever number it has on it, I don't care. As long as we're up front, I'm happy. Oh, John, I wish it was that easy for us. Thanks, John. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, great to hear from Tommy Milner. Yeah, another one of our great characters. We've seen to yeah. we've seen to have plenty of them. So coming down to the last half an hour, 27 minutes still to go. Last time around, improvements for Nick Yellowly, the number 25 BMW prototype, a 112-133, sixth position yeah. in the BMW M Team RLL. M Hybrid V8. And the lap before that, uh, Harry Tignall improved also in the number 59. Um, That's yeah, the of Proton Porsche. Proton Porsche, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Pro Proton car. That, that's the car that had the, uh, the brake problems this morning, so that seems to be sorted now, which is certainly good news. Yeah, we have two... Uh, customer entered Porsches here again this weekend Christian Reid's Proton running the WeatherTech colours and the bright yellow 
of John Church's JDC team, which now has Jensen Button yes. behind the wheel. Formula One world champion, getting back into some downforce running uh, in a competition weekend. He's done some testing of that car here. And very much looking forward to this. Talked to JB about this uh, a couple of times before he got here. Didn't drive the car this morning, so no. I think this is his first laps of the day. Which is last time. Has he just gone out in that car? I'm not sure. Literally. Turn your laps? Yeah, yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, has driven a wide variety of uh, machines uh, recently. And, uh, of course... Bit of a change from the NASCAR stock. I, I was just about to say a little bit of a difference from the Camaro that he ran uh, at the, what was that, the uh, ZL1 that he ran at Le Mans with Mike Rockefeller, who he's teamed up again with here. And uh, Mike Rockefeller, remember, just been announced as one of the uh, Ford yeah. GTD Pro drivers for next year. And... Uh, that made at lunchtime that announcement if you weren't with us during the uh, pilot challenge uh, it is two Multimatic run GT3 cars in 2024 Joey Hand and Dirk Mueller uh, they spent four years together in the Ford GT of course and won Le Mans in 2016 in class and Harry Tinknell will be joining up with Mike Rockenfeller for the other car. Yeah, you've got the press release. I haven't got the press release from that one. Do you me to forward who, that Who did it come from? Uh, Ford Performance, it says on... Uh, Strange. I shall find it to get, used to get those. Uh, just, I just, just before the session started, I bumped into Joey Hand and Dirk mm. Mueller uh, just outside here. And uh, Dirk is on his way out of here. He's going home, I think, uh, He's at the Nürburgring tomorrow yeah. afternoon testing. Yeah. So he's on an overnight flight tonight, gets yeah. off it, drives straight to the Nürburgring to do some testing for Multimatic. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked uh, Joey if he's going to come and join us here in the booth at some stage to talk about that development. He's, they're both of them are extreme, of course, but uh, extremely excited about what the future brings in that uh, very distinctive and, they say, very user-friendly Mustang. Uh, let's go to Joe uh, Bradley. improvement. Third Sorry, go ahead. Third fastest for Philip Albuquerque. Uh, it just exactly matched the time that was set earlier by uh, by Scott Dixon, number zero one car, number ten car, uh, 111.363, John. You guys mentioned the JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche 963 of Jensen Button being out on track. Um, I'm not sure whether you guys noticed the car is in the pits. Uh, Jensen is still at the wheel of the car. There's some setup changes going on on the rear of the uh, of this Porsche. Um, box of shins coming out. And I'm just trying to see, that might be a ride height change. Um, the shims are part of what um, you can adjust the ride height on these cars. They're very, very complex pieces of engineering. And literally, a, a millimetre can make all the difference with the, the, the level of downforce that you produce from with regard to the ride height. So if you're a millimetre lower or a millimetre higher, that, can, that really does affect the balance of the car. It can make the rear end loose or it can make the rear end too sticky. And if the rear end's too sticky, that can then induce understeer. What is understeer, or push, as they call it over here at the, on this side of the Atlantic? Uh, well, that's when the car doesn't necessarily turn when you turn the steering wheel. And, and that's the kind of 
conundrum that you find yourself in trying to seek out a balance uh, right now that's what the team are doing here at JDC Miller and uh, Jensen Button sitting in the cockpit very patiently waiting for that change to go out and try uh, understeer is where you hit the barrier with the front end of the car oversteer <laughs> is where you hit the barrier with the back end of the car uh, and uh, almost had the 52 wins prototype uh, hitting the barriers it was a grassy moment and again coming down through the S's for Alex Quinn there. Yeah, a perfect example of understeer. I mean, the car just pushed <laughs> off the road there. As, as Jules said the word exactly. push. As yes. Jules said yes. the word push. So it's again, hashtag blame, blame Bradley. <laughs> Didn't need anything, though. No, that's the good news. Yeah. New fastest time. It's Felipe Nasser who goes to the top now in the number seven Porsche. 111.294. Boy, it's tight at the front. We've got the top four cars now covered by less than a tenth of a second. 0 0.069 to be precise. Turn five. Uh -oh. Problem for the FAF Porsche. Facing the wrong direction. Kevin Estra in that red and black machine. The driveway.com car. Now that is at the top of the hill at turn five. He's gone all the way across the extended blue and yellow kerbs. He, he can now see down through the S's to see where there's a gap. My goodness, I think that's still straight. I don't think he's bent anything. That's extraordinary. If he has, that's... Well, we've all had spins up there in our day in virtual reality or real world. <laughs> now, he's gone right off. Oh, he'd lost that early in the corner. He went over the exit kerbs backwards and through the last part of the gravel, Jeremy, and has yeah. done well, actually, to reverse his lock there to actually pull the rear end of the car away from the tyre wall in that cutout. There's a there's an option there to split the track up into two separate areas. The previous lap, Kevin Escher had set that car's best time. Uh, it's 50th overall on the charts and ninth and last in GTD Pro, but he had just gone to set his best lap at a 121.419. But... Um, going to improve on this lap as he brings that car in one piece happily back yeah. to the pit lane yes he he wasn't pushing it on the way back so whether that is a portent of the fact there was some the problem other problem with the car before he spun it we don't know uh, this is the last race for Steve Portolotti and for Faf with Porsche they yeah. will move to McLaren next year with McLaren's latest GT3 offering team saying it will not be the plaid car it won't be the plaid mclaren because it's not illiterate of an, enough so i don't know that they didn't say that um, but it's always been the plaid porsche but it won't be next year let's wait to see what will that we'll see let will let us Nasser, see what it looks like nasa's yeah. on another good lap here personal best in sectors one and two in the porsche in the porsche number seven also sebastian bourdais uh Ditto, personal best in sectors one and two. He goes Nasser across the line. Does he improve? Yes, he does. 111.073 for the Porsche. Gets caught up behind the uh, behind the Ferrari going up the hill to turn two, and that's cost him a lot of time. I think Bordego was held up just a little bit coming into the final corner too. He had to get past uh, a slower car, number 16 Porsche GCD car, but he still did improve, did Bordego. 111.138 then for the Frenchman. So just 0 .065 between those two new cars at the top. It's number seven car fastest, 0 one second. 
Uh, Tom Blomqvist uh, with the number 60 car remains third fastest and is in the pits at the moment. It's, it's only been about, th- uh, I think most of the GTP cars are in the pits right now because in three minutes' time they will have the tracks to themselves, uh, well, apart from the GTD Pro cars. So the only other cars will be on track for that final 15 minutes. Uh, I, I cannot believe... I'm just looking out the window now and watching the GTP cars coming through the final corner. I cannot believe, and it's pretty much a year to the day, that I was uh, watching the test here with Cadillac, BMW and Acura. Porsche weren't here. Staying on for a couple of days after Motul Patilamont. What I also can't believe is the difference in speed at how those cars are now attacking that final corner. The BMW couldn't get round it without lifting off, and now it looks like it's nailed to the ground. The Cadillac always looked good, in fairness. It looks even better and faster now. Uh, And the Acura, with that screaming V6, very noticeable that that took a slightly different line coming through the final corner. But that looks like it's going probably five, maybe even more, miles an hour quicker through the, the centre of the corner. Extraordinary to think that that was only a year ago. A couple of other improvements here. LMP3, third fastest now for Glenn Van Berlo in number 36 car. That's the Andretti Autosport Ligier. So it's Ligier 1, 2, 3 now in LMP3. Garrett Grist, the uh, the uh, okay. fastest driver. He did improve. He went faster than Dakota Dickinson a little while ago. So one thirty. Uh, excuse me, 116.749 for Garrett Grist, fast in LMP3. Then the number 74 car, now up into third, is number 36 for Glenn Van Berle. Also, several improvements in GTD. Really, really interesting was, was Brendan Lereeb in the uh, Inception McLaren. He's showing the wheel at number 70 car at the moment. He just went eighth, seventh fast, I think he was. He's just been pit by Robbie Foley, also improved in number 96 BMW. Those two about, uh, yeah, both improved very, very close with sticker tires for Brendan and Reeb, I'm yeah, hearing I'm sure. from Shea. I'm going to head down to Joe Bradley in the pit lane now to have a chat with Harry Tinknell. Uh, this weekend, racing for Proton with Jimmy Bruni and Neil Janney uh, in the Porsche 963 with a chassis built by Multimatic. Next year in the championship, as you've just heard us discussing, for Ford with the new GT3 Mustang, uh, where he'll be uh, paired up with Mike Rockenfeller. So keeping it in the family for next year, Joe, at least. Um, Not a stranger to Ford is Harry Tingle, but I want to talk... Before we talk about next year, Harry, I want to talk about what you've just been experiencing. Um, we're seeing a lot of people spinning off, which is a characteristic, of, I think, of Road Atlanta. How have you found it? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, we had a little issue there, so I went to break for the last corner. And I lost the downforce, just locked all the tyres up, but not, not a big drama. Just changed the spinner now and everything's okay. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think we have to remember, like, it's quite a low, dri- low grip track and low temperatures this weekend and in the GTP class the tyres are so difficult to warm up you know it can make any you know world class drivers look stupid and so we've seen already this weekend you know that incident with Van 4 on the grass and we've seen all year long you know GTP drivers spinning on warm ups and, and uh, yeah like I say it's, it's super super treacherous out here. you can be in a straight line just you know, easing on the throttle and all of a sudden you just completely lose the rear. It's, it's a, it's, it can actually be a little bit of a lottery. It's crazy. So 
as much as like it looks like uh, we're messing around out there and you see how much quicker the GT cars are than us on those first couple of laps but it is honestly some of the hardest driving of my whole career is those first two laps worn up the tyres I, I mean Harry I was not implying that you guys were messing around um, obviously that, that's a big insight this is just how tricky these cars are but, but I mean, what do you mean by you lost all downforce that, I mean that, that's, that's a, a weather element or wind change or something yeah, no, no, we, we um, the spitter broke, so we had a hole in the spitter, we only just found out when we came in, yeah, yeah, and so I, well, I didn't know at the time, so I break for the last corner, just have as much downfall from the car, but uh, yeah, no, I know you're not um, having to go, oh, so it's just like, like I say, I was, at the start of the year, you know, I was watching all the IMSA races, knowing I was coming in for the second half of the year, couldn't wait to be there, and you're watching it going, wow, that's crazy, like, these outlaps and stuff, and then you experience it in real life, and you go, yeah, it is tough, but you know, like I say, you're world-class drivers in this championship, and a lot of us have made mistakes this year, and it's uh, it's not easy, but uh, it's all part of the challenge. It's an extra dynamic you have to uh, have to think about. And for us on Saturday, you know, we're not in the championship hunt. It's a bit like Petit Le Mans 2021 with the Mazda. You know, we're not in the championship hunt. We're just going for the win. We know how 2021 ended. Let's try and do the same with the uh, 59 this weekend. Well, you and your teammates have won this race before. Um, it's another inevitability of the last round of any championship as we talk about uh, the, the following season and uh, the announcement that Multimatic and Ford and you and, and Rocky are going to be teamed up. You're no stranger to the brand. Um, you must be, I mean, you've got to be excited by that. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, I never really felt like I left the Ford family. It really is a family. Um, we've had Edsel Ford at the test. We were... Um, Bill Ford, Jim Farley, um, recently at uh, the GTD launch that Joey Hand and I have been doing in Vegas and in California and Detroit, and they're just so excited, you know, not only for a new top-class sports car program for Ford, but the fact that it's Mustang. You know, Mustang really is Ford through and through. It's amazing to have to pony back in IMSA next year. And, uh, yeah, for me personally, you know, this is going to be my eighth or ninth season with as a Multimatic driver, I love racing everything that they do. Obviously, we're here this weekend in the Porsche 963 that they, they build the top and the spine for. They're going to be running the Ford, GT, uh, Ford Mustang sorry, next year, and I just can't wait to be a part of it. We went back a few years. Um, not like us to not speculate, but um, I, I, I'm running away with myself with Ford represented in GT3. That opens up the door to a hypercar entry. Am I well ahead of myself here? Uh, obviously, I love driving the top class, and we'll have to, we'll have to see, but... Uh, you know, I'm lucky to have won Le Mans a couple of times in NP2 and in GT Pro. I'd love to win it outright. Um, but it's, it's going to, let's see if we, if we can make that work as well. Um, but uh, it's great. You know, I've, I've been lucky with Mazda to win a lot of the big races over here, but I've actually never really raced GT over, over here in the States. So super excited to be going for a championship and, and going for those wins in, a, in the GT class. So uh, I know we've got the tools. I'm super excited to be with Rocky and... Uh, I remember when I was in F3 Euro Series, he was a DTM champion. I'm thinking I'd love to be in his shoes one day. It's amazing that we're now teammates. I can't wait to go uh, get He wants to try your shoes, mate, I can tell you. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. Thanks, thanks. Uh, Harry Chicknell will be a great asset. Ford know exactly what he can do. Good darts player as well. Never play Harry Chicknell for darts. Him and Tandy. Oh, tell you, very good on the hockey. Tandy's not doing too badly at the wheel of race well, car either. Indeed not. Time's tumbling, Jeremy, yeah. in, in this session, which is now restricted to GTD Pro and GTP. Yes, yeah, so the uh, virtual check and flag has fallen for the uh, LMP3s and the GTDs and the LMP2s. So, as you say, it's just GTP and GTD Pro out there right now. Uh, before, however, that split, 
Felipe Nasser improved his title 110.960. Sebastian Bourdais precisely one thousandth of a second outside of that in number zero one Cadillac. Uh, now Pipa Durrani has just moved himself up to third position, uh, also within a tenth of a second at the expense of Nick Tandy, who was briefly in third place, number six Porsche. Uh, we, I mean, in terms of times, Jeremy. What do we think these guys are going to get down to uh, for... This is their first time here in competition with the GTPs. What was the old DPI mark around here? Yeah, well, the, the DPI poll last year was a 1, 8, 1 minute 8.555 uh, record of uh, tenth quicker setback in 2020 by Dane, Dane Cameron. I, I would think we're going to be down into the... Uh, well, judging by this, tomorrow... I'd certainly be surprised if we weren't underneath one minute ten. So finding another second from where they are right now, I would think would be uh, doable. I don't know what times returned during the testing that's, no. that's taken place here over the last few weeks. The old. So what was that? Did you say a one or one oh? What the, the fastest time? The last year's poll a one oh eight. Point five five five, and in the race, uh, Philippe Nazar at nineteen did yeah. a one hundred eight eight six nine. Correct. LMP fastest time la- fastest that last year was a nine six. So, LMP nine hundred. Alan McNish back in two thousand did a one eleven seven. That was the lap record for the Audi R eight. So we're underneath that already, yeah. which is impressive. Louis Delatras fastest now in the number ten car. 110.903. Nick Tandy up to second. 110.958. Boy, it's close. We've got the top uh, five cars now covered by less, or just over a tenth of a second. That's just. Uh, somebody was asking me the other day about these uh, DPI 2.0s, the GTPs, and saying wow. ah, they're, they're, they're just they're just uh, a modified LMP2 car. Well, they aren't. But no. even if there were, um, we were talking earlier about Bill Oberlin, the BMW V12 LMR. Well, the, the lap record set by JJ Leto in 1999 at the second ever Petit Le Mans for an LMP car, as it was called then, just LMP, it was a 112.6. So we are 2.4 seconds quicker than that on the same track as... We were. So anybody who thinks these aren't proper racing cars... What were you talking about, the ultimate times? Oh, the, the uh, 1999 LMP was JJ Leto in yeah. a V12. That was a 112.6. Yeah, no, way quicker than that. The, 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 I reckon the outright lap record round here uh, for a sports car... It's a, it's a Peugeot from yes, Christian Clean. Correct. Yeah. Well, that, it, race lap was a 107.0. Correct. Uh, Stefan Sarazan in qualifying, 106.242. Yeah. That was an average speed, by the way, of 138... Miles an hour. Second quickest is a P2, actually, which is the Porsche RS Spider Evo. Ryan Briscoe did an 8.4 yeah. back in 2008. But if you're talking, I mean, if you're talking about top class of sports cars, the the Peugeots and the Audis, the diesels, they were in a different category. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they were 1,200 horsepower, 1,000 horsepower all the time, 1,200 horsepower in qualifying trim, uh, tyres that are twice as wide about twice as much downforce. They had, they had power to give away, so it meant you could wind on the downforce. And 
that's where the corner speeds on those cars were absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, See what Delicat drives. Oh, he had to maybe cost him a little bit of time coming. No, it didn't. Uh, to the top goes Louis Delatraz in caliber 10. Wow, and he's just eclipsed by Augusto Farfus in number 24 BMW. So in, in a space of a few moments, we had uh, Tom Blomquist at the top in the Acura caliber 60. He was eclipsed by Louis Delatraz in number 10 car, 110.160. And Augusto Farfus now 110.103 in number 24 BMW. That's the first time we've seen the BMWs really showing their hand uh, today. And I talked about... Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, big about Go on. That's all right. Joe Bradley? David Brulé in the 92. Uh, uh, it's the Kelly Moss with Riley is the entrant. It's a Porsche that you guys are, are running this weekend. Tell us about your, your session. It's over for you this afternoon now, David. Has it gone well? It, it went very well. Uh, the guys, uh, the young guys, you know, they're dialing the car in, and then they let the old guy get in. Um, I don't know how to diagnose the car other than to say it's really good or it's really bad. And they break the corners down in the little segments, and it's like that's way too much thinking for me. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, though, David, they've got to get the car set up that you're comfortable with. It's pointless giving you a, you know, a superstar Porsche driver's setup because the car would be too edgy for the likes of you and I. That's, that's right, you know, and they've learned their lesson. they got to take care of the old dog here. Yeah, and they do a really good job. Both uh, Julian and Alec are, not only are they first-class young men, but they're extraordinary at drivers, and they really know how to set the car. You mentioned there, when you look at their data, it's like, it's how did they do that? I, I need an interpreter. <laughs> Even though I'm an engineer, you know, I look at the data, I like data, but this data, there's a lot of stuff. And every time I interpret it, they tell me that I, I should probably look at it a little differently. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's all about, it's a team sport, isn't it, endurance racing? And you've got quite a responsibility getting into that car. That's that's true. You know, the the bronze driver carries a little, I tell them, it, it carries a little extra weight, you know. i, I got to be the tough guy of the three of them. You, know? you, you absolutely have. You, you, you know, don't play your, 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 your part down, David. The, the last question I'll, I'll, have, I'll ask you, are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? I'm, I'm having a blast. You know, I'm 75 years old. I'm wow. having. The, Are you really? I am. I'm 75. In fact, I'm older than 75. Yeah, that yeah I only act about two or three years old. <laughs> and, old yeah, that's that's the purpose, right? Yeah. Life's too short. But yes, uh, I'm having a great time. And the, the Kelly Moss Riley guys are fantastic. The crew is unbelievable. These guys work their butt off. I had a big shunt in uh, VIR and uh, hit the, the wall at 91 miles an hour and three and a half Gs. They put her back together and she's good as new. And are you good as new? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not new. I, you know that, that deal where they say, I was uh, born in, in 1948. I still run, but need a little work. David, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And you know what? I, I'm pretty sure that a big smile on your face is coming through just with, on radio, you know, we don't need TV with you. Thanks, David. Oh, brilliant. That is the absolute essence, isn't it? It uh, sets sports car racing uh, apart, doesn't it, from, from many other sports and many other parts of motorsport where you have enthusiastic, um, well-funded and amateurs uh, like David there 
absolutely loving what he does. And he's right in what he says, Jeremy, because in those pro-am categories, it's the non-pro that makes the difference. We expect the pros to all go and do their jobs. The consistency of the non-pro is what gets you what gets you the result. Yeah, ultimately, yes. And uh, David's just a great character. he got that uh, racing Buddha, smiling Buddha on the side of the car. And uh, he's, he's always smiling in or out of the car. Great character. And uh, we're coming down now inside the final two minutes then in this uh, uh, FP2. There's oh, another improvement. fastest lap. Yeah, the first sub at 110 lap, 1 minute 9.991 for Sebastian Bourdais, kind number zero one. 69.991 seconds for the 2.54 miles of Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. When we first came in here in 1998, the race lap record was set by Alan McNish, of course it was, in what was then the Porsche 911 GT1 98 prototype. That was running as a GT1, but as a prototype car, that car. That was a 1.15.2. <laughs> so, so when you talk about uh, evolution and how things are going on, uh, that's... What, six seconds, nearly. Yeah, and all of the LMP2 cars are faster than that now, and wow. even the LMP3s are only a second and a half away from that time. That's pretty, pretty remarkable, isn't it? And, the, and, and we talk about those days, and I remember those oh. 911 GT1 Evos, the 98 Evo. It's such, a, such an elegant car, but, I mean, you thought those were the bee's knees in the day. You thought they were. Gone quicker again. 109.671 as Sebastian Bourdais. He's absolutely flying out there. He's, he's now got four tenths on the field. The next six cars covered by two tenths of a second. Felipe Naza and Conor de Felipe, respectively, for Porsche Penske, number seven. That's the one with the black pinstripes. Uh, and Conor de Felipe in the BMW number 25. They've just put their fastest lap in. Checkered flag is out. Felipe Naza's gone fastest, faster again. Goes up to third, but we'll get another crack at it because yep. the checkered flag did not come out. Louis Delatras is the first of the GTPs to see the checkered flag, and his 1.10.1 will be good enough for, well, nothing better than fourth position. Neil Jarney for Protons Porsche, 1.11.067, his best. He's in ninth in the WeatherTech 59 car, but still running. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais and Felipe Naza. Has Felipe timed this right? Half a second between the top five cars is Tom Blomqvist pits, Bordier pits, Augusto Farfus in second pits. It's Cadillac, BMW, Porsche, Acura, Acura, BMW, Cadillac. There's Bordet. He lifted and came into the pit lane. Durrani didn't quite improve. Just had a 10-4-1-0 to his 10-3-3-4 that he did. Uh, a tidy this by NASA, mind you. Yeah. Have been improvements in GTD nah, Pro, by the way. We saw the uh, Daniel Serra in a recent competition in Ferrari go to the top with a 1 minute 19.725, just pipping the time set earlier by Madison Snow in a non-pro BMW. But the last couple of minutes, uh, Antonio Garcia in the number three Corvette has gone to the top in GTD Pro. 1 minute 19.543. So he had a couple of 
uh, a couple of tenths of a second almost yeah. in hand over the Ferrari. And you turned another lap on his last lap, which was around about the same as the Ferrari as well. So Corvette looking good here as well. Well, what a session at the end. Yeah. We were saying here in the Global Broadcast Centre that we expected to see some fireworks. Only one driver below that 70-second mark. One minute, 9.671. Half a second on the field. And then from there, another half a second would take you, well, down to Nick Tandy in eighth. So that's... Uh, He's quite a way back. Actually. Yeah, He's he a full is. second back, is Nick Correct. Tandy, surprisingly. Correct. Yeah. So that is... Uh, that is a stellar lap by Sebastian Bordier. Yeah. If that was a qualifying simulation, oh, yeah. there'll be smiles on the faces down there. I think it was. I think everybody put a new set of Michelin rubber on there. Right at the end, Mike Rockenfeller came to the line, 111.675. That was that car's best lap. That car be the JDC Miller uh, bright yellow Porsche 963, the uh, number five car, and Nick Tandy. That was his best lap on his last lap. Uh, albeit uh, four-tenths away from Pete Durrani in seventh. And as Jeremy said, a full second and more away from Bordet's time. Now, as I said, Bordet was four-tenths ahead of everybody else. But Tandy is still there for half a second, six-tenths away from Augusto Farfus in second. So a little bit of an improvement need, needed there. If they were running the same, uh, uh, the same uh, type of run, so Cadillac from BMW, from Porsche, from Acura, yeah. Jeremy, in the top four. Yeah, isn't that cool? Four different, the four different manufacturers there, uh, each with a position in that top four. Earlier on, TDS Racing took the best time in LMP2 with their number 11 car. Not as good a story for the 35 when Guido van der Garde went off track in the 35 car, and that car's being rebuilt at the moment. Well, we've heard about GTD Pro, uh, and it was Paul Miller Racing in GTD itself. And in LMP3, uh, Junior 3 Racing with the number 30, Ligier, were quickest. Uh, that's about your lot for this. We'll see those cars out for night practice. We'll bring that to you live and exclusive here uh, on IMSA Radio. For now, from Matul Patilamon at Road Atlanta, Brazelton. Thanks to the whole team. I'm John Hindoff. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.